Advantage is the premier provider of non-traditional work, advocacy, and resources while pushing the boundaries of athletic training. Follow them on social media at The Advantage and join their email list for an even deeper dive into all things non-traditional and access to even more boundary-pushing content. Hey everyone, welcome back to Reframe the Game. Today we are going to address one of the most common questions I get get asked uh, as an athletic trainer who loves to read, and that is, what books would you recommend I read as an athletic trainer? Now, this episode was tremendously difficult for me to prepare for. I... I look back at the last several years, probably two to three years, and I look at the books I've read, either read in a you know hard you know paperback or hardcover, or listened to on Audible. I was doing some math, and I think I'm right around 175, 180 books uh, for the last two and a half to three years. So I've consumed a lot of materials in the last, you know, a thousand days or so. <laughs> and um, so as I was thinking about how can I make this into a single episode that could be digestible and somewhat organized and still get across s- some really important pieces for athletic trainers so they can invest some time, energy, and attention into improve themselves, improving themselves by learning from others. And so I I did this by creating a list of my top 20 books that every athletic trainer should read. Now, this isn't specifically my my, my favorite list of books. Like I have favorites of books that are not on this list, but um, from like a, a reading perspective, it may help some individuals, but as an athletic, as, as an athletic trainer, it was hard to like categorize, like, yeah, this should be prioritized to read because I really enjoyed it. And it really got into a deep subject that I am particularly, uh, connected with, but what, but, but, so it's not necessarily that it's not my favorite books. These are books that I think that can benefit the most number of athletic trainers and also serve as a great jumping off point. If you want to explore reading as a form of personal development and personal improvement. And, you know, I I love books specifically because they put in decades worth of knowledge, information, and wisdom in a really condensed and concise format. So you're taking someone's life experiences and you're putting it into a digestible, condensed format for you to read that may take you only hours to read as opposed to decades to learn. And so I love books for that reason. Now it's not always the easiest to find time to read or to listen, but I do enjoy engaging on with them when I can. And so how I've built this list is I've looked at the 175, 180 books or so that I've read over the last two and a half years. And then I started whittling them down, you know, and, and really thinking about their merits. And then also looking at categories I could put them in. So how I've organized this list, and I'll put this list in the show notes so you can look at them for yourself. Uh, and if you want to have the list so you can start to check them off or, or go get them, you can. Um, and, and I've broken up the list into into five, four categories, books to help with discipline, 
books to help you explore yourself, books to help you think differently, and books to open your mind. Yeah. And and when I when I think about these books, and it was really a painful process of eliminating some books so I could have a, a list that I could talk about in a in a discrete amount of time and have something that wasn't so overwhelming that people would look at it and say, there's no way I could read any of these. Why would I, why would I take a, take a stab at starting any of them? So I, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm prefacing this because when you find a genre or a type of book or a author that speaks to you or a topic that speaks to you, go ahead and dive deep into that area. There's nothing wrong with, with doing that. Um, and and it will take you on so many different journeys. I mean, I, 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 my journey in reading, particularly for personal development and how it's improved me as an athletic trainer and as a faculty member and as a human being has been totally transformative. Now, it's not just enough to read. It's a, it's, it's, it's so if you just read the book and you say, oh, that's cool information and you leave it where it's at, you know, that's not going to transform your life. But if you read the information, you take the time to implement the information and then you reflect on the information and raising your self-awareness about it, yes, it can be transformative. And when you read some of the books, sometimes the authors ask you to do activities in a specific order, or they ask you not to do this while driving or whatnot. Really listen to what the authors have to say and explore their commitment or, or explore their activities in a committed way to not just consuming information, but also creating knowledge to develop wisdom for yourself and for the patients that you're working with and for your colleagues. The other thing I'll say about this book is that I am a cisgendered, heterosexual, white male with a lot of privilege. And so, uh, you know, the books that I've chosen may not resonate with everyone, Right, and I, as much as I want to remove myself and and who I am uh, from my decisions, and and perhaps I'm I have some implicit bias on the types of authors that I chose, on the types of books that I chose, but I did want to I did want to share that uh, with everyone because I do my best to read a variety of books from a variety of authors and backgrounds of authors. Uh, but, but sometimes I think it's important to acknowledge that, uh, because of my privilege, I may have tendencies to choose certain types of books over other types of books. Um, and if, and, and that's, that's just, I'm just putting that out there. So, and I want to acknowledge that, uh, before we get started. So I think we'll just dive right in. So when I look at the first, we'll just go over the first category here, which is a uh, books to help with discipline. Uh, the first two books, um, I think are pretty popular in the athletic training world right now, or have been popular in the past. And that's extreme ownership and the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willink, Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, they two ex Navy SEALs, uh, talk about concepts of discipline, of responsibility, of leadership, um, using parables from their time in the military. And extreme ownership and dichotomy of leadership. I think one of the one of the key takeaways I took away from both of these books was the need for discipline throughout your life, particularly when you're trying to do difficult things, right? Or particularly when you're going to go through difficult moments. And I would say this is one of not not the first, but one of the 
first books I read on the on the concept of of discipline or leadership or ownership responsibility. And it really connected with me because it was pretty simple. It was pretty straightforward. And I will say that as I've grown, it's not as simple. It's not as straightforward as as sometimes it's presented in the book. And I think that's actually from from extreme ownership to dichotomy of leadership. They 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 recognize some of these challenges, which is part of the reason they came out with the dichotomy of leadership. And I think it does a much. I think the dichotomy of leadership builds on the foundations of extreme ownership, uh, and and also presents some nuances. But if 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 you are reading the words verbatim and consuming them verbatim and implementing them verbatim. There, I feel like it may it may feel a little hollow, but if you're able to integrate those with some context to your own life, and some context to the situations that you've been in, I do think both of these books are really valuable. The next book uh, that I, I recommend in the in the books to inspire or help or teach you discipline is "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Uh, David Goggins again is uh, another former Navy SEAL. He's also he's now an ultra runner ultra marathon. He also is a wildland firefighter. Now, um, it's, it's an autobiography a little bit of his life and, um, of his journey through his childhood, uh, up through present day. And, and I think he provides some really straightforward activities to do at the end of every chapter to help jumpstart your journey and discipline. And and I think this can be applied to any, into any area of your life. It doesn't just have to be, you know, one of the things he uses is talks, you know, talks about losing weight and fitness. And I think that's an easy way to get into discipline, but I think that you could use, you can use some of his techniques, uh, particularly in things like setting boundaries, right? Um, because i I find, I found that in reading the book, a lot of his stories about, losing weight and excuses we create for not when he created about not losing weight are similar to some of the excuses that we make as athletic trainers about not wanting to set boundaries or not standing up for ourselves or not making choices that are in our best interest. Uh, the next two though, and the last two books on this, this section of helping with discipline are by Joshua Medcalf. Uh, and these books are chop wood, carry water and pound the stone chop wood, carry water is a a story, right? It's a, it's a nonfiction. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a book about a a boy, a, a young adult, a young adult going to Japan and wanting to become a samurai. And it's lessons of doing the small things well and doing the small things over and over and over and over again, even when your ego and your desire wants you to to go and move into the next thing, right? It's about starting with starting with the simple things and doing the simple things extremely well, and then growing from that. That's what Chop Wood Carry Water is about. It's a super easy read. You could probably read it in an hour, right? An hour, two hours, depending on how fast you read. It's about a you know a two and a half hour listen, I think. Um, but, but quick, easy read, super accessible, great first introduction into some of the books about discipline. Then you have pound the stone, which resonated with me, uh, particularly because, uh, he, uh, the author uses, uh, 
a, a adolescent young man as the main character and some of his challenges through life and um, some of his challenges with self-control uh, having the discipline to be to be self-controlled and 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 kind of mastering one's own emotion and showing up every day and pounding the stone right and understanding that when you have a breakthrough it's not the last it's not the last strike that led to the breakthrough it was the hundreds of strikes and the hundreds of attempts and the hundreds of showing up that led to the the last the final strike to be the final strike and uh, a little shout out here. He correctly uses the term athletic trainer and there's an athletic trainer character in the book. It's only for like two sentences, but it's in there and it's impressive to see uh, an athletic trainer make it is his way into a best-selling uh, book and, uh, and be uh, referred to appropriately and given the right roles, et cetera. All right. So those, those are the books to help with discipline, extreme ownership, dichotomy of leadership, can't hurt me, chop wood, carry water and pound the stone. The next set of books are books to help you explore yourself. Okay. The first book I have here is radical acceptance by Tara branch. Uh, this book is, uh, it is exactly what the, the, the title suggests. It's about accepting yourself in a radical way, radical non-judgmental way that is difficult to explain, yet you know that it's something that you must do inherently, yet we all have a resistance to accepting ourselves just the way we are with all of our flaws, with all of our challenges. And it's really a practice. Uh, it, 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 it explains some of the concepts of acceptance, um, from some of the perspectives of Buddhism um, and meditation. And then it also talks about specific strategies uh, that we can use to move towards a, or to move on our journey of radical acceptance of ourselves, particularly in the face of making mistakes. And I think this is so important for athletic trainers because every day athletic training is a practice and we're gonna make we're gonna make mistakes every day. And so trying to trying to move forward and, you know, say I'll be enough when I do this is, is, is a goal that will never come true, right? It's, it's, it's a goal that will never achieve. And the answer is to turn inward and, and kind of work on this practice of radical acceptance. Uh, uh similarly, uh, similarly, a, another book that helps you explore yourself is the power of self-compassion by Lori Cameron. Um, this book is about not forgiving yourself and not having mercy for yourself, but, and not having grace for yourself, but having compassion for the difficulty of life that we all live in. Right. Again, this is another pretty straightforward, easy, uh, good introduction book. If you are really looking to explore yourself and you have some problems with, uh, automatic negative thoughts or negative beliefs about yourself and, and really opening up the door to self-compassion and, and how we as athletic trainers can be have more compassion for ourselves. We are so compassionate about the patients that we treat that often we have compassion fatigue for ourselves. And I, I felt like this book really helped me um, from that perspective. Uh, the next book that I that I am recommending on this list is called The Greatest You by Trent Shelton. Trent Shelton is a former collegiate and NFL um, football player turned 
motivational speaker and entrepreneur. Um, and and in the and and he has some really straightforward, tough lessons about exploring ourselves to become the greatest you, uh, or our greatest self. And this book, you know, I liked it because, again, as an athletic trainer, as someone who had has been around sports and sports culture, I could really connect with some of the stories that he told, and I could see some of the patients that I've had in myself in his writing, right? And in his messages, and I can easily connect, and he does a great job of connecting it back to who we are um, as humans and what, what, the, what the pathway is and how we can uh, move towards becoming our greatest selves. Uh, the, next, the next book is uh, called The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes. This is his second book, uh, Lewis Howe's second book, and it is about the masks we wear, specifically as men. But I recommend men, women, any human uh, read this because I, I, I feel like we all wear masks at some level. It's not just men that wear masks, um, but it's these masks that, and he, and he goes through the different types of masks that we wear to protect ourselves and the layers of masks that we wear to protect ourselves. And those masks keep the rest of the world at a distance. And we may behave in certain ways because it fits the mask that we're wearing. And the reason we wear the mask is to keep people from knowing our true selves because we're too afraid of, we're, we're too fearful of it ourselves and we don't want other, we don't want to let people in. So we create these masks to keep people out. So it's a really interesting read. Again, it's written in a pretty straightforward manner. Um, you know, it's no, like it, it's, it's, it's engaging. The sections of the book are broken up pretty clearly. There's a nice summary in it to help kind of organize the whole message. Um, and you know, it, it, not only does it help, did it help me, but it also helped, me understand how other people may be responding, right? How other people may be wearing their masks as well when they're interacting with me because they have, because we all have masks that we wear, right? And and we the ultimately some of the goals is to take off the masks for for some of those people or the people we choose, but we we were all wearing masks almost all the time, and we need to be able to recognize that because. If we don't, you know, if if we're unwilling to recognize that, or we're unwilling to or unable to observe that, it really is helpful from a human behavior perspective. Interaction with patients, particularly when patients may be going through a difficult time, or they may be falling into um, some transition, so they revert back to you know, like the jokester or the jock, right? Or they, you know, they the daredevil, right? They they they, they revert to these masks. Uh, to protect themselves when they're trying to avoid uh, potentially having more difficult conversations that may feel vulnerable to them. And the last book in this category is called The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease. So Kyle Cease is a comedian turned life coach. Uh, he's still a comedian, and but The Illusion of Money essentially talks about how uh, that that money isn't a thing right? Money is a relative truth that we've created about the world and it's nothing more than energy. And a lot of our beliefs about money come from what our parents taught us and what the, the local society that we grew up in taught, taught us about money. But essentially all of that is an illusion. 
And if you feel yourself being pulled up with money or, or, you know, a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset, why you should save money or shouldn't save money or spend money or not save money. And what you spend money on is a judgment statement on who you are. And, and really, it really helped me explore some of my blocks as it comes to money and why I feel certain ways or why I felt certain ways and why I'm still pulled sometimes in certain ways about money and talking about money or spending money or investing money or or really just understanding that it's nothing more than energy that flows through us that as in ways that we can you know implement our purpose into the world um so it, it it's i it's not necess- it's not a financial literacy book by any means um but he does a really good job as a former comedian or as a comedian he's not a former he's still a comedian but as a comedian he does a really nice job of adding some humor and some and and some levity to a conversation that i think a lot of people get a little nervous or uptight about when you talk about money and and i think he puts that in a in a very approachable way so when I look at the next category, the third category of books I, I created here, which was books to help you think differently, um, the first one I have is Range by David Epstein. And, and David Epstein uh, talks about, he, he's, he's a, he was a writer for Sports Illustrated, uh, so writer in popular culture, so he has a really um, you know, easy to read, approachable uh, way to write. Um, his work, but he talks about the the need for generalists in a specialized world, and and he he goes through example after example about how, you know, as we, we, we there are there are need for, there are needs for specialists in the world, right? Uh, but there are also needs for generalists in the world, um, and I think in athletic training, particularly now with the conversations of residency trained specialist and fellowship trained subspecialist. And, um, you know, where does that leave the athletic trainer who, uh, is an advanced practice provider or, or, you know, who doesn't, who didn't go to a Katie approved residency to become a specialist or a Katie approved, uh, fellowship to come become a subspecialist. Where does that leave ath- those athletic trainers? And I think his, uh, conversation about, the role of generalists in a society is particularly in problem solving is really helpful. Right. Um, and, and, and really informative from the perspective that specialists can't function without generalists and generalists can't function without specialists. So we are becoming, we are living in a more specialized world, but there is a need for many, there's a need for really great generalists right? And generalists who are willing and able to connect the dots through diverse life experiences, through, uh, you know, diverse work experiences that may seem unrelated to one another, uh, but really allow us to create solutions that are outside of our comfort zone. And I think this is where, when, when we th- think about solutions for athletic training, we really need to be considerate of diverse experiences of individuals who are entering the profession who may have had three different careers before they entered the profession of athletic training as, as a, as a, as a way to create solutions for us in our profession of athletic training. The next one on this list is the infinite game by Simon Sinek. I've talked about the infinite game before. I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and, and I love his style of writing. Uh, but the infinite game is essentially about creating, um, 
create, you know, how to play a game that is where, where the goal is something that lasts longer than you, right? We, we are all finite, but we can have ideas or, or we can, we can join causes that are beyond us and will exist after us. And, you know, how, how do we play an infinite game in a world where we look where most of our world is playing finite games? How can we step back and invest in ourselves and others in an infinite way? Uh, the next one is The Things No One Else Can Teach Us by Humble the Poet. Uh, and this this book, uh, Humble the Poet is a poet, a spoken word poet, uh, but he has a series of books. And one of the books is uh, The Things No One Else Can Teach Us. And I really like this book because it it helped me understand different pathways and, and connecting to life challenges that we all have to face at one point. Right. And it may not look the same, but every single person has to learn and teach ourselves this for teach, teach ourselves these lessons for ourselves through living life. And I think that was really helpful to me to understanding that we're going to go through difficulties. We're going to go through trials and tribulations and no one can prepare you for what that's going to be like. Yes, you can have conversations about it, but it's not really going to prepare you uh, until you teach yourself that through that lived experience. Uh, and growing through that. And so I really enjoyed that book um, from that perspective. The next one is The Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakahani. Um, this book is, I would say it's about like the, the, the spiritual art of work, if you will. Um, and it, and it, it, it's, it's, I, it's not a productivity book by, by any means, but it's about framing the, framing our life as life, not as, you know, work life and non-work life, but really understanding that we, how we spend our occupation, right. on our vocation is something that we're going to, to be in for all intents and purposes, we are going to spend a major, a large chunk of our life in an occupation. And we can integrate those things, um, seamlessly by kind of balancing the idea of being a badass right? Like I'm going to, you're a go-getter, going to get stuff done, not going to take any crap. And with a Buddha, uh, from, from the perspective of approaching it with a sense of peace and calm and, uh, and kind of being on a journey where it doesn't have to be triggering or stressful. And it, it can be, they can be the two things, but that does require intention, energy, and effort, uh, to successfully navigate. Uh, and then the last book in this uh, category is Limitless by Jim Quick. Limitless is a great brain training book, uh, and it really helped me think differently about things like memory or reading or reading comprehension or w distraction or focus. Uh, and not only not only from a technique perspective, but from a motivation perspective and from a mindset perspective. And there's a lot of little great tips in here. Uh, not only from mindset, but you know, how to improve your memory, how to, how to think differently about how we memorize and learn things. I think it has a lot of relatable skills for things like public speaking, demonstrating value, consuming new research evidence, um, you know, being able to stay up on, on top of, of those works. So, you know, from a, from, again, from a personal growth perspective, really valuable, but also a lot of tips and tricks from a, um, 
I, I don't, again, I don't want to call it a productivity hack because we're not going to hack life. We're not going to hack our work. We're not going to hack productivity, right? There's no shortcuts in life. Um, but it is something that provides new ways of learning that can help us adapt as opposed to using our old ways of learning that we learned when we were in kindergarten. Like we learned, when was the last time you learned how to learn is one of the things that he talks about. And most of us learned how to learn when we were four, five, six, seven years old. And we've essentially rinsed and repeated those methods for the rest of our lives, all through elementary school, all through middle school, high school, college, graduate school, et cetera. We've used those same methods, but we've never taken a step back and reevaluated how we learned and implemented new methods of learning how to learn. And so that's one of his, one, one of his key points. He also has a really fascinating uh, personal story that he integrates into this book as well. All right. And this last set of books are books to open your mind. And these, these books are, are really powerful for me because they, they were transformative in an unexpected way, right? I think that's why I've, I chose to call it books to open your mind, right? The first one is The Power of Moments by the Heath Brothers. That's Chip and Dan Heath. Um, this talks about how we live our lives in moments and we have opportunities to influence the lives of others and influence our own lives through moments by creating unexpected moments, by creating moments worth remembering. And most oftentimes those things don't have to be extravagant. They certainly can, but oftentimes they are the mo they're thoughtful and that's what people are left with. And how can we create a life full of moments that are that we want to remember, that we don't need to take a picture of to remember, that we can just experience? Or how can we create those for those people we love in our life? Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a good friend. Uh, you know, and even from like a, how do you create it for a, a an employee who is coming to work for you? Or if you're an educator, how do you create that for a student who has? been accepted, but hasn't enrolled yet. How do you create that connection in that moment? I think there are so many ways in athletic training, we can, uh, we can leverage some of the lessons from the power of moments, uh, to our success. The second one is inquire within by NQ NQ is a spoken word poet, and he is, uh, amazing. If you've never heard his stuff, I go to your favorite search engine or favorite video playing platform and uh, search for NQ, I-N dash the letter Q, um, and look at some of his work. Inquire uh, Within is essentially a collection of poems uh, that he has, uh, spoken word poems that he's collected and written down. And if you have the audible, he performs, he performs them as well. Um, really, really great way to think differently, to open my mind, to transform the way I thought about the world, uh, in an unexpected way. Uh, the next one is, uh, 4,000 weeks time management for mortals by Oliver Berkman. Uh, Oliver Berkman was a writer, is a writer for the guardian newspaper. Um, but he, he talks about time management for mortals. Like we only have about 4,000 weeks to live. And he talks about this idea that, um, you know, how we've been spending our time or how we organize our time or how we even think about time and are we time, does time exist without us? Uh, all, all of these things. He talk, he gets really deep into the concept of time and the fallacy of time or, or really explores what that is and then what that looks like in terms of providing opportunities to perhaps use time if we can use time, you know, how to live, how to be time, 
um, more effectively, not even more effectively, <laughs> like just how to be time. And um, I, I know as I'm talking about this, this sounds very like philosophical, very ethereal, but um, it's it's because I'm trying to do it justice uh, because a lot of it is about deconstructing how we even talk about time. And so, um, so just... I, I recommend it. It's blown my mind. I'm, I'm on my second reading of it right now. Um, cause the first time I got through it, it I was like, oh, I need to read more about this. Right. Um, and so I'm on my second reading of it now, really thoroughly enjoying the second time through, but it really does put things in perspective about how we're, how we are, how are we using our 4,000 weeks that we have a week, a 4,000 weeks does not feel like a long time. Um, a, a week doesn't feel like a long time, but to know that countless weeks have ticked by without us recognizing that they've ticked by, right? Simply to get to the next thing, but the next thing doesn't exist. It only exists in our expectations and it only exists in our mind. It doesn't exist in reality until we're in the present moment. Uh, the next one I, I put on this list was How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. Uh, this book is about the stories we tell about American slavery and um, really the incomplete history that we've been taught in, in our history books, in our uh, popular culture, in our everyday interactions. And this really opened my mind uh, to how we, you know, how we need to continue to have conversations about trying to have the whole truth and a complete history of American America's relationship with slavery, and really reckon with how that influences us today. Um, highly recommend, not highly recommend, like must read, a must read for anyone. This is a, I, I really truly feel like this is a must read for everyone, regardless of if you're an athletic trainer or not. Um, but there's so many things that it, it, you know, yes, it's about, it's about America's history with slavery. And that is the central component. And I don't think we should ever, we should not, you know, dilute the message that's in this book for the sake of other messages. But what I found myself doing after reading this book was it was consciously creating opportunities for me to ask myself, is this really the whole truth in other pieces of my life that were unrelated to America's history of slavery and America's current history of slavery, right? Like, like, it, it, it seeped into the way I thought about how the word is passed, right? Um, in so many unexpected ways. So totally transformative book. And the last, the last book, I guess, is a series of books by Nejwa Zabian. She's a Canadian, a Lebanese Canadian author, poet. She's also a school teacher or was a school teacher. Uh, she may still be a school teacher. I don't know. Um, and those books are mind platter, the nectar of pain and sparks of Phoenix. Um, these three books are this, these collect series of collected poems, um, touched my heart and my soul in a way that, uh, few works have, um, 
because she's speaking of common experiences that we have as humans uh, in search of finding a home, in finding safety and security, and and sometimes that that being broken and that trust being broken and having to rebuild that and take and take uh, control. I don't control isn't the right word, but take. Uh, ownership of ourselves again, right? When we've trusted others or others have broken our trust. Um, and really, you know, all three, each of them individually were fantastic. But when you, when you read or listen to all three of them, uh, kind of as a series, also a fantastic, um, fantastic compilation of her work. And there you have it. There are my 20 books every athletic trainer should read uh, in the four categories of how to help with discipline, how to help explore yourself, how to help you think different, how to, and how to open your mind. Those are the ones that I recommend. Uh, there, The list could go on and I could do a part two, a part three, a part four, and a part five easily to get into some other books that I recommend. But if you enjoyed this and you you enjoyed listening and and kind of, you know, this is a very different type of episode, of course, right? Like this is, I, I'm providing, you know, resources for you to go out and explore. If you liked learning about these resources, let me know. I certainly can do another one. Not a big deal. Um, if you didn't like it, let me know too. Um, I, I went out on a limb and tried something uh, new for this episode because we, you know, we, I, I, it's, I think it was because I got this question. I get this question so often about what books to read. How can we read as an athletic trainer? How can it improve me as an athletic trainer? And I think really it's, it's simply about reading and then asking yourself, how does this apply to me as an athletic trainer? In what situations would I interact with these lessons as an athletic trainer. And when you do that, there's a way to, it's completely transformative in the way you approach things. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you know, books distill wisdom of a lifetime into, or, or wisdom of specific experiences that we may not be able to have, or we haven't had in our lives and distill them into a consumable format that, uh, we're able to take that wisdom and, um, and potentially incorporate it into our lives. So let me know if you enjoyed this, check out the show notes where we have the list of the books. Um, and if, if you think someone else would enjoy it, make sure you share it, make sure you, uh, have the conversation with your colleagues. Let me know if you've read any of these books. Let me know if there's any books that you think I should read, um, or I should add to my reading list. I'm always looking for great recommendations, uh, to add to my reading list, uh, and, and, and really looking for other ways to expand my mind and grow as an athletic trainer. MedBridge provides evidence-based courses, unlimited CEUs, home exercise programs featuring 6,000 plus exercises, and so much more. Use promo code THEADVANTAGE, that is T-H-E-A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, to get an annual MedBridge subscription for as low as $225.